0: Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at tickettogamehenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K wow that's probably loud i'm gonna have to do extra editing on that one i'm gonna have to do that thing where you cut the clip and then drag the volume down and try to make it seem seamless because of or this. you
1: just leave it in and blow their eardrums right
0: right um you welcome. We work on some technology i'm just thinking about how blown away i was at that moment when we were watching that show the other night when uh in david bowie when chris kuroda just nailed those lights and we both just kind of went, went back we gotta invent some technology to do that with like glasses and headphones and the whole thing on the podcast so when we say something awesome they get like a 4d effect anyway i have no, i, have no, I have no idea what i'm talking about i have ideas but i can never bring them to fruition i'm very much an idea guy but not an executor when it comes to like outlandish things you know Anyway, all right. Welcome to it. Ticket to Gamehenge. Uh, episode 43, we're just saying, holy snapping crap. That's a lot of episodes. We've been uh, we've been quite prolific. Not quite as prolific as King Gizzard and the Izzard Lizard. Did I say that right? Lizard. Lizard. Yeah. Lizard. yeah. I still haven't given them a listen, but um, I definitely will be. Uh, I was actually, uh, yesterday, I ran into a fellow that I used to work with, a guy named James. I want to give James a bit of a shout out. He has a he has a he has a podcast. He's in London. He's got the Dad Bond podcast with a couple of other Dude, guys.
1: That's awesome, man. I, I love that. I love like I love the stuff that they put post. It's funny. They're entertaining. Oh.
0: Yeah, so I didn't know I didn't know he was doing that. I uh, our paths have crossed through work. We used to work together years ago, and then lately I've seen him a couple times in the past week. And uh, we got and we got talking about music yesterday, because he studied sound engineering in school and has his own little studio and all that other stuff. And at least I remember he did. He plays bass, from what I remember, really into Tool, Mastodon, and some of the some of the heavier stuff. But we got talking, and I brought up fish, and he went, "Oh, I love fish," and I was like, "Wait, what?" Because that that. How often does that happen? And then he says this I love Rift. It's my favorite album from them. And i went okay, time out. So we had a little discussion about it. And it was just really refreshing to talk to somebody uh, with respect, other than you, um, that is really into music. And we got and then he brought up Wolfpeck and I went like, whoa. We got we got we got talking about the fearless flyers a little bit and Victor Luton and all of that stuff. Do you like Oysterhead? He says, Well, heck yes. Saw them in, what was it, November 2001 or October 2001, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, Talked a little bit about that. So, yeah, it was really, really cool. So I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to James. One of the things that we kind of talked about is about Trey. And what you kind of messaged me is why he's not on any of these lists for the greatest guitarists of all time. Right. So I kind of wanted to discuss that. Um, So I was thinking about some of the, I haven't looked at any of these lists in a while. It's been a while since I've seen one come out but i would imagine in the top 10 you got a lot of the same familiar names Jimi hendrix would pretty much be on every list number one or number two depending on who's doing the rankings right um i would imagine kurt cobain would be in the top five what about buddy guy or um um, um who else am i thinking of
1: classic so i'm just opening it up as uh, as you're speaking i'm gonna read you the rolling stone
0: pop. Uh, yeah one. But you know what? You know what I think Rolling Stone does, though? They have never released a list like this on any kind of thing. Top 500 song lists that they did a long time ago without controversy. And I think they do it on purpose to get people talking about that list and get them like debating. They'll purposely rank some things lower than they should be or omit some things on purpose to get stir up some conversation and stir up some debate. What do you think?
1: Sure. Oh, I mean, listen, dude. I, I think if if the last um, year and a half is is indicative of anything, that uh, the media is less about news and more about clicks, yeah. Than, uh, than anything else. But I will read you their list. Okay. Uh, as it's slow,
0: I guess. Can I, think- I make some predictions just in the top ten? Yeah, of course. Let's see the how close. So, so when I think of the greatest guitars of things of on there, and I'm thinking about criteria, I would imagine not only, I think the ultimate criteria is how unique the sound is and how potentially game changing that sound is like something that they've done that nobody before them has really done, right. Kind of a pioneer and they're doing it differently. And we'll talk about that. And I think there's, I think Trey ticks a ton of those boxes, but, um, and then there's obviously, I would think there'd be some songwriting capability in there, but I wouldn't imagine it would be the most important thing to a Rolling Stone list. I think they'd be talking about more ability, more Swagger, presence, uniqueness, and that kind of stuff. So, with that, I'm gonna say obviously Jimi Hendrix is gonna be in there. Kurt Cobain is gonna be in there. You're gonna have Eric Clapton. You're gonna have. Um, am I thinking of Buddy Guy? I confuse Buddy Guy and Buddy Rich all the time.
1: So Buddy Rich is a drummer.
0: Okay, then it's Buddy Guy that I'm thinking of. Um,
1: so popular Buddy Guy. Okay, let's just let's just let's just retract that statement for a second.
0: Okay, Buddy
1: Guy is such a great guitar player. That's somebody who knows their music doesn't know that his name is buddy guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i know the music i know i've never claimed to know it all or know everything that's one of the best things about that uh that art form it's seemingly endless
1: Buddy's rich slash guy who else is on the list adam uh
0: i would say eddie van halen will be in there i gotta believe um trying to think of somebody a little more recently uh slash perhaps will be in the list somewhere, maybe top 20 rather than top 10. I gotta think. Um do, 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 who's been Leslie West will be in there. Uh I would wanna believe and hope that Frank Zappa would make it in there somewhere. Um, and I'm sure I'm I'm, I'm omitting some real oh <laughs> Jimmy Page. Come on, what am I thinking of? Pete Townsend, they're gonna be in there. Uh um maybe john lennon maybe george harrison you know because of songwriting capabilities so that's yeah those are the ones that are kind of coming to mind first
1: okay number 10
0: yeah and you you did
1: get this on your list is is pete townsend yep okay number nine is Dwayne allman
0: oh right you know what i'm thinking of the almonds okay yeah yeah that's great good Uh,
1: number number eight and 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 this is low as far as i'm concerned this is the first one i'm like what is eddie van
0: halen oh yeah he's more top five Isn't he?
1: Number seven seven is Chuck Berry.
0: Oh, I was thinking of Chuck Berry. Son of a B. Yep. Number six six is BB King. Okay. Yeah. With Lucille for sure. Number five is
1: Jeff Beck.
0: Wow. Where does Jerry rank in all of this stuff?
1: Jerry, because I was paying attention to this when I, when I sent you this, Jerry ranked at like 48.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, Number four
1: is Keith Richards.
0: Oh, really? Wow, okay. Number three is Jimmy Page. Yeah.
1: Number two is Eric Clapton, and then number one is Jimmy
0: Hendrix. Oh, Kirk Cobain wasn't even top ten. No. Wow, because they love Nirvana. Oh, my God. Rolling Stone will never say a negative thing about that band, ever. I'm really surprised, but, hmm, interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm, hmm, okay. Wow. And, and Trey's not in the one hundred.
1: So interestingly, Trey was one of the. Now this this can this confounds this list because I read the the voters, and Trey was one of the voters. Oh. He actually was responsible for writing some of the pieces, like it says, uh, you know, like when you go to like Neil Young is number seventeen, which is insane to me. Um, and then the the piece that was written up was by Trey, but. And then I was like, well, shit, now I got to check other lists. Now I got to waste more of my time yeah. and go to other lists. And he wasn't even,
0: hmm. you know. Well, quick thought about Neil Young. Neil Young has written some really impactful and timingly songs. You know, when you think about Ohio and how quickly that turned around with that incident, right, with the shooting and um, – um
1: and oh, again i think we're going to we're fighting on definitions i think neil young is one of the most important musicians of all time i love neil young i think he's amazing but we're talking about guitar playing nobody gets right. down and is like i want to play the guitar other than cortez the killer neil young gets no respect on guitar i saw him play with pearl jam i like i was like really it was like the e power chord on like <laughs> rock the free world i'm like i can i'm pretty sure i can deliver a more sterile uh Better performance than Neil Young right now.
0: Rock in the free world. Well, so I think we're obviously dancing around the obvious that it's clearly very much around a popularity contest, and you know, obviously there's there's a ton of talent in the list that you listed there, and, and and nobody would argue that. However, um, when it comes to album sales and popularity and uh, almost being a household name, we can all agree that Trey and Fish are not. They don't tick that box. They have very loyal fans, but I don't think there's not millions of us. There's hundreds of thousands of us that are avid versus these guys, you know, they're not, they don't have as many avid fans as I would say fish was, but they're peppered out more. They're just more generally accepted. Um,
1: Something you're, I totally agree. I think one of the things that is super interesting, especially right now, as you can argue that rock and guitar music is like not even close in terms of popularity. It's interesting because of exactly what you just said who actually has more staying power Mm -hmm. and i guarantee you that children are not rushing to listen to you know tracks by the who and pete townsend right now like like people are listening to fish
0: right yeah i was thinking about that too about the people that are on that list and and how much of them have really stood the test of time, right? Were they, were they really great for four or five years? And they released a lot of great content then, but what are they doing now, 20 years later after that? And when you think about a guy like Trey and how prolific he still is and how much he's still performing, I mean, we got a weekend of shows coming up from him that definitely looking forward to, Um, especially after the podcast I listened to yesterday, which we'll get into in a bit, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think In in many ways, in so many ways, we talk about the term, it's a slow burn. I think this is a slow burn. He might make his way onto that list in time, right? If they release another one in 10, 15 years, as the legacy kind of changes and people kind of wake up around, wow, this band is still going. Like how many other American bands started in the early eighties that have been consistently performing and playing to an audience and growing that audience and an audience that's hungry for new music, not stuck in the only play the stuff from the nineties, man. Like- (laughs) There are those fan, there there are those fans there are those fans <laughs> but those same fans are the same ones that when a new song comes out they're like yeah okay like what do we got here yeah right? everybody's jacked up to friggin let's let's do some new stuff so I don't know of many other bands that can you know can attest to that so
1: part of me to be honest I don't know man the contrarian in me hopes that he never makes these bullshit lists ever <laughs> okay yeah right yeah yeah because like like, and don't get me wrong I think like popularity because you you were listing the criteria and 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 I agree with your I agree with what you said um but I mean at the end of the day like is your playing good like does it sound good you know what I mean like when you hear this when you hear this piece of music like is it you know is it good like is it like yes I want to does it move me like you know Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of I don't know like the guitar players on the list, not all of the stuff moves me. I I get that it's a matter of taste, but Mm -hmm. does it move enough people to make it relevant and important? I think is a, is a, is a criteria.
0: Yeah. You know, like you,
1: you if we were to, I bet you if we were to look at the number of, I think a, a statistic for a guitar player to be the best guitar player of all time was how many other people did you inspire to pick
0: up the instrument? Right. You know, and is like Lou Reed is Lou Reed anywhere in that list, come to think of it. Because they say about this band that you know they weren't necessarily regarded as the best band, but they
1: like, Well, huh? here, let's do let's do the next, uh let's do the top 20. So number 20
0: is Carlos Santana. Okay. It, number, immediately identifiable, right? Like you hear you hear two notes, one note, you know it's him. Yeah for sure.
1: Number number 19 is James Burton.
0: James Burton? Yeah. I'm unfamiliar.
1: Right. He's one of the, the original chicken picking guys, right? Okay. So he wrote Susie Q for, for Dale Hawkins. Okay. You know, just one of those guys that like is really important, but again, not a household name. Yep. Yeah. Number 18 is Les Paul. Yeah. Uh, number 17 is Neil Young.
0: Did you know that um, Who was it? Steve Miller. Oh, what's the connection with him and Les Paul. He knew Les Paul when he was a kid. Like, Les Paul gave him, like, his first guitar. He was a family friend, a friend of his dad's, or something like that. A really unique connection with, like, the godfather of the electric guitar. And cool. it completely inspired him. Like, it's, um, yeah, pretty amazing. Is he in the list, Steve Miller?
1: Steve Miller? Uh, maybe. I'm not going to read the whole hundred, but maybe. I don't remember everybody. because okay. uh, Specifically because I was looking for Trey, right? So number 16 is Derek
0: Trucks. Okay. Yeah, he's been really consistent, actually, for a long time. He, he, he got in there young, too, right? Well, like,
1: he, was a prof- he was a professional, like, as a
0: kid. Yeah, yeah, prodigy. Hmm.
1: Fred, Freddie King at number 15. Okay. Uh, David Gilmore at number 14. Wow. Albert King, you know, the, the, the three Kings are in the top 20. Albert King at number 13. Stevie Ray Vaughan at number 12. And George Harrison at number 11.
0: Okay. What's your take on David Gilmore? i love i think yeah. um,
1: a, a guy that i listened to dubs it the um brought up a really interesting point the rick beato um he's a producer uh he calls it the gilmore effect you know he's like that he, you know you have this guy that shows up that's not overly concerned with playing a million he, you know he arguing he's arguing that like now is the age of the super shredder like people have never been better at the guitar than they are now because of youtube and social media right and and just the amount of stuff that's available for people and he and he's like yet guitarists like David Gilmore still have a bigger impact than these guys that are playing you know 6,000 notes in a second mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and the argument is just the the chord changes the song you know versus the 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 technique now I think you can have both at times uh, you know but I, again like to me eventually it becomes like jazz music like I don't know I get I like more dynamics than just 1000 notes, you know? Yeah. That's just me, that's just my personal taste. But to say that like a super shredder isn't an incredible guitarist
0: that's just a lie, you know? Yeah. You know, you make me think about songs like what's the use or um yeah, you know, or um the other one that I was just thinking of, the no quarter, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be like yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's um it should move you, right? And that's kind of where that comes from. And I still kind of love Trey's philosophy is there's a bit of unpredictability to, to what he does because if you expect it, then what's the point?
1: Well, again, you know, you have to, it's interesting. So um, when it, you know, you, you test the, when it comes to philosophy, you test the validity of a philosophy at its extremes, mm-hmm. right? So take a that's extreme. You take Cannibal Corpse, right? Or 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 the one that John Fishman played uh, on uh, The Aaron Path. It was uh, Cattle decapitation or something like that you know and you have these you have these guys that are just beasts by the way like for people that say these guys aren't good at what they do is uh is incredible but you write a song you know where it's literally 220 beats per minute for the whole song and every song is like that you know it it loses the intensity of that loses its effect on you after a while Right? So if all, if all if all it is is rip-roaring, you know, it's like fish. If all it was was, like, Kuroba hits the lights and it's always a climax, eventually that becomes meaningless, and it's not like, whoa, that was awesome.
0: No. I used to have a neighbor who had kids and would yell and scream at her kids all the time. The swearing, the get your ass back here all, all of it yeah. all the time and how do you think the kids reacted
1: nothing nothing hey
0: man you know you remember when it, you know i mean i don't know about your dad but i remember my dad was you're a lot more afraid if they're a little more more quiet and reserved, and instead of flying off the handle it it, it gets oversaturated, right it's it's uh you're right it, you know, it's one of the things that i love about fish and you know we went through it the other night the ebbs and flows you know we we i forget what ballot it was that started i was kind of like oh and you know man they have to have one they have to have it in there and it, you know i don't remember what you said from there but i'm sure it was along the lines of like it makes the other stuff great right it, it makes you look forward to the building and antelope or whatever's coming next so well,
1: that's why that's why people keep coming back you know and again this is all a matter of taste right so this isn't a shot at like who like listen to nothing but you know cannibal corpse or or who listen to nothing but super shredding but to me uh, the story or the music takes the precedence, right? And it's impossible. You cannot argue that with Fish. It's the music that comes first.
0: Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
1: Again, going back to the main point, though, I think it's completely pathetic and disgraceful that Trey Anastasio is not on a on a top one hundred guitar list.
0: Yeah. People don't know what they don't know. So, oh, I well,
1: people at this point i've i've never met a guitar player a guitar player an actual guitar player who has studied the instrument pays attention to the instrument who listens to everybody like how i try to listen to everybody that hasn't listened to trey anastasia not one
0: not one right right it might not be everybody's cup of tea but no but, but same with the guys that you listen in the top 20 right i'm sure there's people that hate santana i'm sure there's people that for whatever reason hate van halen or Jimi hendrix who knows i mean it's the way that goes but collectively you're right you're right
1: but the the list is supposed to be objective yeah or as objective as possible Mm -hmm. right like um you know i don't listen i don't listen to a lot of bb king i don't listen to a lot of freddie king or albert king but i know why they're important and i'm not going to argue that they're in the top 20 they deserve to be you know high up in a list like this yeah like, so to say that Trey Anastasia doesn't belong, a guy that gets, 80, you, you had 80,000 people show up to a festival in 1996 and you have had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of different people that you even you know, like, it, 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 it just doesn't make any, any sense at all.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah and when all and and, and two it's it's not like he's picking up and playing some les paul or a gibson sg he's playing something that he conceptualized with a buddy and made a custom guitar had mm-hmm. his sound in mind and has continued to evolve that and hone that and write songs based around that you know like, like that's that's not part of the criteria i don't know what should be i mean
1: Think it's i i think it's unacceptable that you that jerry garcia is at least not in the top 20 or the, even the top 10. Mm-hmm. like he's responsible that guitar player is responsible how many guitar players can say i started a whole other than other than van halen and, and jimi hendrix how many have started a genre of music
0: right right yeah I'll tell you, just just real quick, when you brought up The Grateful Dead, last night I was hanging out, Megan was having a friend over, and I was down here, and I went on to YouTube to see what they had for The Grateful Dead, and there's not a lot, right? There's not nearly, I mean, obviously the timing and the technology available at the time, but I tossed on a show, I think it was MSG from 88, I turned it off after 5-10 minutes, it was just, (laughs) I was like, oh, what is this? This is not, this is not what I've been listening to, the stuff I've been listening to from the 70s, this is not, not it. I was kind of bummed out. I was, I was bummed out. I was kind of like, all right, I'll watch some dead and kind of get a better idea of what this is looking like. Get, you know, paint the picture in my mind's eye.
1: You did. Yeah. By the way, that's a data point. You did get a picture of what that was like. Mm. It does not get prettier after 88, my friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad there isn't more stuff from the early days. I think I'm going to go back and watch um, the documentary, though, that four or five parter, whatever. Oh, I, I, I think after listening to some more of it, more of their shows, I'm going to i'm I'm gonna dip back into that so um other other new listening did you get a chance to listen to alive again uh no no um so quick little review of it i uh for those of you that don't know and if, if if you are listening to this podcast you probably seek out fish news and you probably already know uh yesterday was the first uh episode of a new osiris podcast alive again Osiris is the podcast company started by tom marshall and obviously Trey's songwriting partner and good childhood buddy. And obviously there's some good access that he's got there because the interviews are, are, I would say 50% of the listening is Trey talking. He's he's going into depth and he's being interviewed about a lot of different things and they touch on, um, early days learning to play the drums with his drum teacher, how he basically had to practice on a pillow for a year to learn rhythm and different, and different beats. Then he got a drum pad right then he wanted to get into the guitar but he had he was only allowed to do it if he was going to study classical so he wanted to play bach before anything else mm-hmm. really interesting there and then about the different teachers that he had and the influences in terms of writing songs and the first time he was given a songwriting exercise and how that went so i don't want to spoil it because it's it's totally worth listening to but for a fish fan or even a music fan um somebody who's uh, uh, you know in music theory he talks uh, in detail about um, split open and melt, and uh, how he charted that. And he talks a lot about some songs that he charted and how specific it was, and how much they had to practice to get it right. But the feeling it gave them when it came time for the improv for the improv part, right? Because they had to be so in sync, note for note, for that song, and it's a strange time signature uh that once they finally get to the improv part for them it's like a release like oh we got through it now let's find out what, what we can do and he says that going through that leads to much better jamming and much better improvisation um the other thing by about split open by
1: the way to, to interrupt you because i to finish your point you can hear that in the music yes when they're done the complicated parts and you hear those notes and you you feel the release like it's yeah. it's it's metaphorical in the sense that the music does the same thing
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. and he had uh, uh, Jeff Tansky on there, because this is about Trey's solo c- career. So it was sort of the first little bit was about songwriting, and then it jumped into how Trey Anastasio Band was conceptualized for this one-off gig in 98 through his brother-in-law, uh, where they debuted. He said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to do it with different people, and I'm going to do all new songs are you okay with that? And his brother-in-law was like, am I like, are you kidding? Of course. Like that's what you want to do. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so the whole first tube, last tube came from the name of the venue. They did a warm-up gig at that was called like fluorescent tubes or something like that. So when he wrote the set list, the first tube song was the first song and they talked about just conceptualizing that with Tony and Russ and just how much he loves that and sand. And when they jump into those, it's like every time like being lifted off into a rocket ship. So. Yeah, it was really, really neat. I mean, you're hearing it right, right right from the horse's mouth. And there's some there's some good stories in there. And he talked about Tony at the end. And uh it actually kind of and I'm obviously by design. I mean, he's got a little solo run happening that's about to start. So it kind of got me excited for the weekend. It's
1: called, it's called marketing, dude. Yeah, it's of course. Called, of course. It's called really good marketing.
0: Of course. I don't know how many episodes it's gonna be, but next week, uh there's an episode. And at the end of it, I got kind of excited. They previewed the next season of Undermine, which is gonna focus on the fans in the community and all the things that go on there the celebrity fans the lot fans the rail riders the all of that stuff so i'm really i'm really kind of curious to hear all that and all the crazy crazy shit people have been through at fish shows um yeah so that was really cool so check that out i mean it's it's an hour actually the episode's about 50 minutes the last 10 minutes are ads uh but it's worth it it's totally totally worth it to check it out cool that um, sounds awesome actually yeah, yeah, I think they just did it. A good promo for our grandparents. They're going to totally check it out. Um, the topic, remember last week I said I have one more topic and then uh, I'll leave it for next time. Because um, I'm going through this with a particular song at the moment. And what I have on here is ever grow tired of a song or like sick of a song only to have it make a comeback through a good jam. Like, is there, is there a song from Fish that you just kind of went, oh, I'm just tired of this. I don't want to really hear it anymore. And then it's starting to come back as being good again
1: so no i don't get tired of a song but there are songs that are like less favorites that like i they start and i'm like like really and Mm -hmm. then at the end i'm like that was awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you end up liking it by the end of it and that's exactly what does tend to happen with this song and the song i think you're gonna be surprised because i think it's favorite really popular song amongst the fans it's down with disease which a, a, a lot of people are saying is could be the first song back on tour okay, so
1: can i can i stop you there for a second the reason yeah. that the reason i was thinking the exact same song is because sometimes in my opinion the jams aren't the best mm. it just kind of sounds boring
0: mm. yeah yeah and uh where, where where i've been listening for the past day you know i've been going through 3.0 and i'm at the tail end of 2011 i don't have many shows left. Um, it's a consistent second set opener and right. it, it, it never catches me by surprise like oh they're going in and down with disease it's uh, they're about to start the second set haven't heard it in two or three shows probably gonna open with this and then you hear mike doing this and then you go you're like okay and then you're off on the ride and it's fine but it, it, it's been kind of a letdown for me until until uh i didn't note down the show but we're talking uh late august 2011 great version came on that was the second set opener that made me kind of go oh okay all right this is this is why they play it and this is why and then i noted it down for our notes but yeah i'm sure it'll happen again why wouldn't it right i
1: was uh i was like that and then i heard the uh i remember the one that came on for me was the clifford ball one that they played Mm. which is it's probably one of the best ones
0: yeah i gotta go back and watch that um i did finally get that email to load but i had to do it on my computer funny enough and you put it out there that maybe the best show of all time november 22nd 97 um where are you in the fall 97 tour now you clearly uh, that. Still
1: November the 23rd i'm still in hampton their three-night run
0: Boy, wow, you're slow yeah i am is that that's deliberate like,
1: that's why when you're like no that's why when you're like uh hey you have this podcast to listen to
0: i'm like God. that's another thing on the list
1: <laughs> that's another hour out of my time no because i don't just listen to fish
0: yeah, yeah. To, there's books
1: that i'm listening to there's stuff for like self-improvement that i'm doing there you know king gizzard put out a new album i don't want to get myopic in the sense that i'm only listening to fish mm-hmm. so i have to i have to be uh i have to be very crafty with what i listen to and when i listen to it yeah and you have young kids and if they have access to music you'll see that you know when you could be listening to something that you want to listen to they just listen to whatever the hell they want to,
0: listen sure. to. sure well i noticed yeah. that when we went over or when i was over there the other day and ari was just pumping the tunes was that Stephen shearer he was listening to or Shearer? Or was...
1: yeah, he, loves, he loves Stephen
0: shearer is that what that what's up that, that what that was yeah that it was like some like techno pop that was happening out of there he was he was pounding it yeah.
1: <laughs> If they're so cute, man, they dance in their room. They have like these little dance parties and stuff. It's awesome. I'm like, why can't you pick up instruments?
0: Yeah. Well, how old were you? Twelve? Eleven? When you picked up guitar? I started playing piano
1: first. Oh. And I played piano. I was young. I was in grade two when I started playing piano.
0: Hmm. Grade two, that, that young. Man.
1: And then I heard Slash play, and I was like, I gotta do
0: that. Mm. Yeah. Just call it to you, eh? Like a siren song. The sirens no. sang their song for me. There you go, there it is.
1: Who sang that song? Hmm? Yeah, it was the it was the uh, it was when uh, Terminator Two came out, and they had the uh, "You Could Be Mine" video. Okay. There's just something about the way the guitar sounded and the way he played. I was like, I don't know what that is, man, but I gotta start playing the guitar.
0: Hmm. There it is. Divine inspiration. Um. Only other thing I have really on the menu is uh, we got six more weeks until tour so uh anticipation is rife uh people are getting very excited about that in only a couple days until trey and Spac. so um
1: can we, talk yeah. about, can we talk about that awesome thread on reddit with karen anastasia
0: <laughs> the photoshop on ellen's face was it photo was it supposed to be ellen yeah that's a that's a legit photo of ellen where they put trey's face on top of it um is it, is it was an ad like, like ellen like ellen has her own line of um Uh, you know clothing and home decor and it says love on a lot of the stuff and the pillow that's there is an ad for that clothing line or or home lines whatever you want to call it and uh but so many people don't necessarily read that or know that and they're still (laughs) making comments about it it was great really really funny
1: there's some you know uh, my i think my favorite and there's a lot of favorites but i I think my favorite was especially because we just heard it when you came over and like it was a rockin version was this is the exact location where soul planet was written (laughs) <laughs> you gotta love it, man, that you have such a relationship with your fans that it's okay, like, that they rip on you hard. And you know that every person that's ripping on Trey is going to be the first person to the show wherever they play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, people are, you know, if you're not in the conversation, you're irrelevant. So they're getting a reaction out of, out of somebody for whatever reason. Yeah, but
1: it, here's the part you know like it's it's also that saying you know that um the reason that uh, a joke is funny is because there's an element of truth to it mm. mm-hmm. right and 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 we've talked about this ad nauseum so like to pretend that like you know the show that we watched from 99 is the same band that we watched from 2018 it's just not true man
0: right That's true That's true very true yeah so we'll see i mean either way we're gonna enjoy it in some way and you know I kind of hope it is a little bit different. Why not? Why wouldn't they change it up? And
1: I want it to be different. Yeah,
0: we're not different.
1: Yeah, right. Like I don't know, man. It's again, it's going back kind of to the start where we talked about like the guitar. You know, it's uh, it's that comment I think Fishman made, it, right? Like when you name your band and your band is Slayer,
0: you slay things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or Megadeth, or yeah. Right.
1: Like you're expected to to to, to slay things. Yeah. You know, and 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 those bands, it's a lot tougher to change.
0: Yeah, I would guess so. I mean, it's probably a much more narrow road. You know, when you think about Fish, Fish, they built in flexibility right from the get go. You know, in their early shows, they, they could you could hear all kinds of different things, all kinds of different covers and different types of music. And when you think about the differences between, you know, like a "Fuck Your Face" versus "Fast Enough for You" or uh, "Dirt" or all of it it's great it's great the unpredictability of it all
1: it's interesting that you brought up fast enough for you because it seemed to remember you weren't that excited to hear that one
0: correct (laughs) it was was a letdown but like anything okay you get through you're like all right that was nice that was good we kind of needed a little bit of a break and then took off from there again so you know ebbs and flows it's all good.
1: That's, that's, I think you know again because like all these examples of like Trey as a as a player coming out uh you know that's an example where like the lead or the the guitar parts of that song it's not um it's not overly fast mm-hmm. right but he uses like other dynamics to keep it interesting right right like the reason you listen is because it changes the dynamics and his volume increases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, band members behind like it's it's just interesting compositionally mm. other than okay it's time to solo
0: yeah yeah i found that uh karen Anastasia thread i'm just looking at some of the comments if 3.0 songs for a picture um <laughs> <laughs> right okay but i don't know man there's some good songs on 3.0 maybe overall as a collective i kind of get it but uh, uh poor sue with his shoes on the couch uh, yeah the exact spot soul planet was written um mike says no um pulsating with love and stripes i mean, there's more fruit on the couch here than there is in the bowl on the table <laughs> that was ridiculous that was terrible uh this one guy fixated on the watch did you see that there was no. a comment here. Any other watch nerds here? Would love to know what Trey is rocking on his wrist. Looks like an AP from the bracelet. Also looks like some complications on the face. I would say at least chronograph, but can't make out any pushers. Perpetual calendar, perhaps, and the skeleton dial? Subtle flex, and I love it.
1: <laughs> I understood zero of that.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i not a watch guy. I don't really I get neither. it. Me neither. Yeah, LGBTQ plus Trey these these terrible people anyway um all in good fun all in good fun and he'd laugh at that (laughs) whatever right
1: well like like you wouldn't laugh at it. i think it'd be hilarious
0: yeah yeah for sure all right my man um so solo trade to look forward to um it's gonna be great we'll keep advocating to get trey in maybe a top 101 list somewhere (laughs) i don't know
1: never I'm Croatian, man. I I spit on the grave of those lists.
0: I spit on you, hawk. (laughs) (laughs) Like Borat.
1: (laughs) That's what my dad taught me, man. That's your word is your bond.
0: Shake. Yep. That's it. It should mean something. All right. Play safe out there. Uh, Enjoy the weather, everyone. Six more weeks. Two more days for Trey. Woo, woo that's what the uh, you know what that's from woo woo that's no. what the uh the juggalos, the insane clown posse fans cheer right. They they have often been compared to fish and their and their cultish like fandom right they've also been, and
1: interestingly enough and 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 just to kind of tie things again full circle is they've also been called one of the worst bands in like music history
0: oh yeah 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 they might be one to dive deeper into on another episode because the, but there have been a ton of comparisons actually somebody wrote a book about like following both on tour and, and those are their two favorite bands I forget the name of that person but ICP. what yeah, a- there's a book this person meets their oh girl- girlfriend turns into fiance and wife and they're both huge fans of these two bands and yeah they go to see fish and insane clown posse and they wrote a book about it
1: i have, i the only person that i know that's listening to and it didn't strike me as anything horrible or anything awesome drew powell used to love the, yeah uh, the- love icp is there like improvisational like improvisational elements and because it's hip hop music right Uh, yeah uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, i don't know it well at all like
1: you just have like this massive catalog of songs yeah it's just awesome when like they bust one out from like 92
0: yeah but they do an annual festival that they call the gathering and uh yeah it's a very different vibe and a different feeling from a fish festival that's for sure but um, similar in the sense that they have very devout loyal fans that wear their badge of honor and, you know, advocate for the band and try to get others into it and all well, that that's
1: stuff. the kind of, gathering, right? Like that kind yeah, of, gathering. that kind of assumes that they know who's showing up and like what they're like, it seems like they're very aware of what they've created. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: cool. yeah. 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 Anyway. So that could be something interesting to look into at some point, but uh, in the meantime, Make your choices out there. I think I'm going to go give a re listen 1122.97. I think that might be uh something we're checking out. already
1: We'll start. Again, you're going to go in blind. I hope you don't remember the first set because
0: I don't have to memorize. I listened to the show a few times though. It just gets on right Yep. Looking forward to it. Okay, man. Have a great week. Yeah, bye. You've been listening to Ticket to Game Hedge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, tickettogamehenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.